Saul, later called Paul, was an ardent persecutor of all who followed the way of Christ. This reading recounts the story of his transformation, beginning with an encounter with Jesus the Christ on the way to Damascus. A reading from Acts, the ninth chapter. Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, Who are you, Lord? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless because they heard the voice but saw no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. For three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. He answered, Here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him, so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who invoke your name. But the Lord said to him, Go. For he is an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias went and entered the house. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on your way here, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. For several days, he was with the disciples in Damascus. And immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. The Lord said to Ananias, Get up and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment he is praying. Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. So Ananias went and did as the Lord had commanded him. Paul becomes the focus or primary character of Acts in chapter 13, but we meet him well before that. His first appearance is as the zealous Pharisee Saul in 758. Then they dragged Stephen out of the city and began to stone him. And the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. A couple of verses later, chapter 8 opens with, And Saul approved of their killing him. 
That day, a severe persecution began against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout the countryside of Judea and Samaria. Saul is associated with violence from his first appearance. The laying of coats at his feet suggests he played a leading role in the plot against Stephen, who is generally considered to be the first Christian martyr. Following Stephen's stoning death, many followers scatter and the way begins to decentralize from Jerusalem. Thus, the gospel message begins to really expand outside of Judea. And not so much for today, but for your future study and devotion of the written word, remember that the events of Acts, the spreading of the gospel, are happening before the gospels are actually written. The eighth chapter of Acts talks about followers of the way dispersing and Philip preaching in Samaria. After this, he encounters an Ethiopian eunuch reading and studying scripture. He assists this person in their reading and understanding, and then they see water, and the unnamed Ethiopian exclaims, what is to prevent me from being baptized? So Philip baptizes him. Meanwhile... Saul is upping the ante on his persecution of those who follow the way. On the way to Damascus, a major city in Syria with a sizable Jewish community, Saul gets knocked off his high horse, metaphorically-ish, and by none other than Jesus, his risen and ascended self. Abrupt scene change. Anybody here ever have an encounter with somebody who wants to know if you've been saved? And when you reply, yes, they want gritty, specific details of when exactly Jesus entered your heart, the exact date and time and how you knew it was Jesus, the personal Lord and Savior, burning that fire within your heart. I hate those people. I mean, good on them being so certain and all, but yikes. The first half of Acts' ninth chapter gives us two stories of conversion and transformation. And while Saul seems a lot like the date and time down to the exact millisecond kind of conversion, I don't actually think it was that instantaneous. Quick, absolutely, but not instant. Saul is knocked down, spoken to by Jesus, a voice he does not recognize, literally blinded, and then he is in prayer for a few days before his sight is restored, and then only by the touch of someone whom he would have gladly seen killed only those few days before. And throughout it all, he is not alone. He is helped to town by those who were traveling with him. He stays in the home of another. He receives a gift of trust from Ananias coming to him, and after his baptism, he spends several days with the disciples. In 2001, Presbyterian pastor Heidi Peterson wrote about an encounter with a man who wanted the exact time kind of story of when Jesus saved her and how he was not impressed with her metaphor for the converted life. If you consider a flower unfolding petal by petal over days, how can you mark the precise moment at which the bud converts to being a flower? The slow unfolding of petals from bud to flower is no match for God's voice from heaven. Saul's extraordinary faith experience is what he needed. 
the dude was a zealot through and through, all in on whatever he was doing and saying. And yet, I think he had some experience of being the budding flower, too. Days in prayer, conversation with the divine. And vulnerable in his new physical blindness, depended on others to help him make his way in day-to-day activities because presumably he wasn't stumbling to the old latrine on his own, even if he wasn't eating and drinking. Like one in a garden of flowers slowly unfolding from bud to full bloom, Saul's conversion is not individual. It takes a community of believers and non-believers with him. And Ananias is a believer who came to the way over time through prayer and study, and his prayer is truly conversation with God, When God calls him, he responds like a child being sought by one who loves them. Here I am. Unlike Saul in the blinding light, he doesn't need to ask who is calling. He hears God and talks back. I've heard about this guy. He's dangerous. Are you sure about this? Then he trusts God's response that Saul is just the tool God wants and needs. Ananias has a transformation of mind and heart when we hear him call Saul brother and see him lay hands of compassion upon this violent one. Ananias has a conversion of courage. He places his ultimate trust in the God of Israel, who is also the God of the way, to keep him safe from one individual single-minded violence. Saul's conversion was flashy. It had all the special effects. And it was a call to lay down the sword and pick up the word of peace. Very few of us will ever have a fancy conversion experience like Saul or even of those who proclaim Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior from X point on the clock. Most of us sitting here were raised in the faith, in the church, and it's just part of us. But that doesn't mean we don't also have need of and experience of our own faithful conversions, changes in how we hear and respond to the living word. We are, in fact, in constant need of conversion from violence and injustice to solidarity with the poor and oppressed even to laying hands upon our enemies and calling them sibling. We come here to worship with prayer and song, to hear the word, receive the sacrament. We come here to be part of a community of Christian believers, constantly converting like the petals of a flower, slowly unfolding from bud to be in full blossom. Jesus is risen, and we are converted, transformed. Amen.